Zach's gonna break it. Yeah. Welcome to the Mushroom Podcast, everybody. Why didn't you save that burp for the intro? Huh? I wish, man. Uh, yeah, I wish. You? Well, be hard on the listeners' ears. It's, it's unprofessional, it's, it's, man. You describe the moment than have them experience in such a harsh audio environment. It's not like our sound is amazing, but we're doing our best. So today's movie is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and oh God, I needed that. All right, but first, the news desk. When I think of our news segment, I think of the uh, weird newscasters uh, bit with uh, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, dude. All right. Harvey Weinstein's going to prison. Let's all throw a parade. Well, I mean, he should go for life, and his money got him out of it in only 23 years, but he is going to prison for 23 years. And this is only, and this is the sentence for one case in, for the cases in New York. He still has to deal with the cases in L.A. Throw a parade. I agree. But um, the system did, didn't get him. He should have gotten life. That's the thing. Like, that's what, how, like, there's a, there's, you can throw a parade, but there's still, like, one parade at the very end. It's like, we kind of fucked up a little. Oh, well. He's gone. Don't have to worry about him anymore. Anyway, got that out of the way. Next! <laughs> um, Max von Sydow is dead. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Hold on. That's right. Death that's right. from the Seventh Seal. He's from, uh, I only know him from one thing, but you guys know him from everything else. Uh, uh yes, of course. Star Wars. He's been, he's been in a lot of things. He had a very, he had a very luxurious career. He was mostly... Uh, known for these, um, uh, I think he was Danish, Swedish, Swedish. He worked oh, with yeah. this one. Uh, I believe he worked a lot with Ingvar Bergman, and uh, in his later years, um, but he kind of made him work onto the scene. But uh, yeah, yeah, Ingvar Bergman because of the Seven Seal. Um, uh, and then yeah, you know him from Star Wars, but by that point he was he had already been doing a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, classic actor, amazing. Right. Uh, mostly just go. It's he, he's a he's an open uh, book. I'm sorry. He's a, like a big space for me in cinema because I don't know international films very well. I'm still working my way through American movies, trying my best because I didn't go to school. And Ingvar, Ingvar Bergman is a big lapse for me. He's I've seen The Seventh Seal, but like there's a bunch of other movies he's made, like Fanny and Alexander, and like a bunch of other things with Side Out that I just haven't got around to. But and he's a big like I suggest to a lot of people if you ever get the inkling to watch certain people, uh, Francis Truffaut, uh, Ingmar Bergman, and Kurosawa are three people that are gonna always challenge you and produce something interesting and weird and fun. So yeah, rest in peace, Laura Santeca. That was his name in Star Wars. That was his name in Star Wars, Laura Santeca. Jeez, I wish they'd have used him more. Ah, well, Adam Driver slashes his chest. Anyway, um, hold on, I gotta pull. Uh, I believe it was Kylo Ren. I can't pour out of a bottle. There we go. There we go. I got it. Um, 
Let's see. I got I got more news written down here. Um, what else happened? Oh, you're qu- bringing the news today. Well, I've got some things that are written down that I that I just saw in the news that I think would be interesting to talk about. If you got stuff, go ahead. If All you right, got go ahead. stuff, head, bro. Um, <laughs> what was that? That's sneeze. Okay, there wasn't some hidden meeting behind that sneeze. No. My memory erased. Chris, don't get coronavirus and, and die on us. We need you. I need Michael Gondry to direct the the memory of that so I can figure out what really happened. Uh, Okay, so um, uh, I'll do a quick one. Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in Thor 4, which is some people predicted and I think pretty cool. Sounds like Mm. Thor 4 is going to have, like, Natalie Portman as Thor. It's going to have Taika Waititi making it. It's going to be, the Guardians are going to be in there, and, and Christian Bale's in there somewhere, too. So, like... That sounds like a fucking amazing movie. I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I was uh, a because... fan of Ragnarok, so like, I, I have high hopes for this one too. Um, uh, Spielberg is not going to be making Indy Indy Five. That's fine. Yeah, he can make Star uh, Wars. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stay away. Don't go. Don't do it. I yeah, don't want to do it. Spielberg, Spielberg should make a Star Dude. Spielberg is not bad. He hasn't ever been bad over the past two years. He doesn't make mediocre stuff. Like, he's still one of the best craftsmen around. Can he make action movies anymore? I don't know. And should and should George Lucas be writing the indie movies anymore? Probably not. So Absolutely I, not. <laughs> I, I would say that was one of the biggest problems of Indy 4 is that Lucas uh, wrote, wrote it still. Like, it was still his story beat. So, I, I, but I honestly think that I don't know if Spielberg can make action anymore. So I, I would love for him to make like uh, an episode of the Mandalorian or like um, he could probably still make a star, uh, like a big budget star Wars movie. I still think that he still works in CGI, uh, and that, but he would never make a bad star Wars movie, but I, st- I stand firm that he sh- should have made the prequels. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. James Mangold. Is rumored to step is rumored to step up, right? Yes, actually, yeah. Um, I did watch Four uh, B Fiori too. Oh, Ferrari. tell me, tell me how good it is. Wait, you haven't seen it yet? Not yet. I, school's getting me, man. Ooh. Dude, um, it is a really good car movie. Really good car movie. Is it, as much of, is it as much of a dad movie as people have told me it is? Yes, hell yes. Okay. It was made. It, it feels like it was made in the '90s for sure. But okay. that's not that's not a bad thing. I think the best performance by far is Bale again. Uh, Damon is solid, and their chemistry and relationship together is very very good. The film in and of itself is a dad movie because a it's about cars and old old kind of dad movie sense. I think dad movies are changing over the past few years, but like. This is very much a 90s dad movie, but one of the biggest and most important things about it is, like, the underdog is Ford. The underdog is Ford. Like, there's no real true underdog of this movie. It's just rich people, like, throwing money at each other while the underlings are kind of just getting shit on. So uh, there is an element of there that's interesting because it's not all about them. But really, like, to say that Ford is the underdog is kind of... It's really dumb. (laughs) So there is no real... There are no real stakes here unless you actually care about cars and these companies and the history of them. I do think that the stakes that are there is between Damon and Bale for sure. Um, I do think that's worth watching on a Saturday afternoon. I don't know if it was a Best Picture nomination, but 
but I do think that it represents the kind of movie that we aren't getting anymore, and I miss. I really honestly miss. We do need more movies like this, but uh, again, if you're a big car guy, it's really good, and if you like Christian Bale, it's really good, too. Hmm. And I think Mangold can do an indie movie. He's, I think he can get those kind of vibes down. Yeah. Hmm. Anybody got anything Bond, else? Bond got delayed. Bond got delayed. Um, what else got? Uh, South by Southwest got canceled. Canceled. Um, E3 yeah, got canceled. E3 got canceled. I just said that. Um, March Madness is going to be to no audience. Yep. Yeah. WrestleMania is in jeopardy. Um, that's fine. Wait, wait. WrestleMania is just going to be jeopardy? That's crazy. That's obviously hey, better for their I love it. Trebek. He's going to host the whole thing. Book the whole card. I, ju- I just beat cancer. Now I'm in shape and I'm going to beat all your asses. Give me a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. That bell was too late. <laughs> um, and Zach, could you do me a favor? Because I was just thinking about this. Um, can you check if Sam Raimi is for sure going to be making Doctor Strange too? Well, sure. I feel like you are doing that. Glossed over that. It's going to take like a minute, by the way. While you are doing that, I have breaking news. Yeah, well, my phone's being weird. Sorry. Go ahead. What did Trump say this time? <laughs> Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson test positive for coronavirus as outbreak hits of his Presley film in Australia. Uh, that's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I don't be know, just... dude. He's over, fi- he's over 50 for sure. He's 63. I know. He's over anyone, 60. Over 50, anyone over 50 is, is in more peril than anyone younger than that. Sure, he has money. He can go anywhere. But he's Tom Hanks, guys. He's a fucking treasure. We yes. need to, we need to <laughs> cherish him. All right? Yeah. Send Chris, prayers Zach, to the Hank family. We're going, we're going there, right? We're going to go save him, right? Uh, I'm getting sure. out of my tree from Chris's house, and I'm Alex, getting my... Alex, stuff. Alex, Alex, he'll be fine. <laughs> he won't die. He'll be fine. Are you sure? Uh, pretty sure. Okay, I'm getting back in the tree then. Anyways, um, that, it's that not confirmed, but he, he was in talks, and we haven't heard back since. Okay, just making sure. If there was a definitive, I'm like, and we missed that, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah, nothing I've seen so far. Um, outside of that, news-wise, I can't think of anything, although I did see Uncut Gems, and that was... I, I, I gotta say, I don't understand why that movie was not in the Best Picture race. That that's what boggles, everybody says. Everybody says that. That's my mind. Yeah, it, it's really good. It, oh God, it, I really loved it. Adam Sandler's I, best role, if you ask me. And he took it on the chin I, too. I agree. It, it, I love Adam Sandler in one or two of his comedies. I would say Wedding Singer, Billy Madison, are solid, solid movies. Punch Drunk Love is amazing. I haven't seen the one that he did with Ben Stiller, but people said it was good. I think Gilmore is uh, pretty good. I think Happy Gilmore's good, but like in terms of like his top tier stuff, I I think this is certainly above all of them. Like it's it's the best thing he's ever done for sure. But the oh, movie, no, I, I, I'm not denying that. Don't get me wrong. 
this no, is no. I, I just think like yeah. when you think about Adam Sandler because he has been doing stuff for years. Like you can sit there and be like, yeah, he's done a lot of crap. But, like when he commits to an idea, it really works. Like he, Mr. Deeds works for me because there's an earnestness behind his performance. And when you find out later that like his dad asked him to make that movie to remake the Capra movie, and he did it for his dad, and his dad was a part of a lot of like the making of it before he passed away, and he was like, but you can see it. And that's earnest there, and I don't want to ever look down on that when it comes to Adam Sandler, because I think he got complacent, sure, but there was a period in there, like, with Big Daddy and stuff, where, like, things worked. Um, but he has, he has, like, levels of, like, Nick Cage, he's got levels of performance, and the top-tier stuff is top-tier, but, like, this, like Zach, you're completely 100% right, man. This is the best thing he's ever done. And the movie is on his level. There's something really great about the movie being on the same level as the performance. Like, Joker is driven by Joaquin Phoenix's performance, but I don't think the movie matches his level in terms of energy or thematics. Whereas in this movie, that's totally the case, and it, it's crazy because it puts you on edge. When, I, when we were watching it, I paused it halfway through because like somebody came into the house and they started talking to us. And I looked and it said an hour left and I was like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Like I, I, my nerves were shot. My, my adrenaline was racing and it was, it had everything to do with the music, the, the editing, the way people talked over each other. And of, like, of course, like <laughs> what he is putting himself through in terms of a character, like what the character's doing is just insane. So yeah, I, I don't understand why that was not a best picture nomination the Safdie brothers are geniuses. They are going to be making. They're going to be making shit that's going to blow people's minds. Yeah, these guys are great. I mean, it's. I'm impressed by it to say the, the least. I mean, I. Really good. I mean, I you know I would say Adam Sandler's back, but I don't think he ever left. I think he just has poor choice in film sometimes. <laughs> I, th- I yes, I agree because like, I I think he earnestly tries movies like Rain, Rain on Me and Spanglish, but the movies are bad. Yeah, I think it's and, not necessarily like him. I think he's always the best part of every movie he's in. But like, the movies he chooses to make with the writers he chooses to do it with are just god awful sometimes. But like, but then but then you get a movie like this that's feels so very personal to him and is very good and very written very well and he just knocks it out of the freaking park. I, I think the interesting thing that I've discovered through his Netflix deal and all the stuff he put out and the ones that shined above the others, either for critics or for audience, um, it makes me think that the way that that worked is that he took a lot of money to make a lot of movies at once and a lot of ideas instead of focusing on one or two ideas and really honing them down and working them that way. He decided to just sort of spread his love everywhere. And it takes something like murder mystery where you have the charm of him and Jennifer Aniston. And you're like, Oh wow, no, he can be in that kind of movie, a kind of like date night movie. Um, and if he did just focus more on that idea rather than spreading with the Western and the wedding movie and the action movie and the movie he yeah. did with David Spade, all these, th- all these other bits are like when he was doing the, the mockumentary. These are all interesting ideas, but you, he can't focus on all of them at the same time and have them all be good. 
uh, there's a lot of laziness to him and a lot of like potential to him too. But if he did just like focused on one idea, he'd be great. And that sort of was becoming the case when he was like in that whole click, uh, Jack and Jill, um, who's your daddy phase. Like, yeah. like when he made like grown ups and all that too. He was, oh, uh, yeah, grown ups and funny people and. Funny People is a good performance in a okay movie with a terrible last 20 minutes. That is the worst okay. Judd Apatow movie. It, it has the yeah, worst uh, 20 minutes. Well, and I think, his performance well, probably, is, like, the movie just shits the bed. I mean, the biggest problem, though, is I think Adam Sandler genuinely values his friendship with Kevin, Kevin James and Chris Rock and David Spade. And He's a lawyer. Sure, absolutely. And I think that he made Grown Ups because he wanted to make a movie with his friends, and you can tell that they all had a blast making it, but the movie is just god-awful. There's a difference, there's a... You can't ride on just your charm anymore. There's a certain point where you can't. I think he was making really interesting comedies in the early 90s, then they kind of got stupid, and then they hit their peak of stupid with Little Nicky, and then he, like... He discovered something with Wedding Singer, and he decided to hit that angle hard with um, Deeds and the movies after that and Fifty First Dates. He's like, I'm the charming guy now. I'm not the goofy weirdo. I'm the charming weirdo now. So well, I'm going to... You know, as, as weird as it is, I liked Mr. Deeds. I thought it was fine. I love Mr. Deeds. Like, yeah. not even just because it's an old movie thing. I just love that. I love that New York. I love Winona Ryder. I love John Turturro. I love that movie. I actually think Adam Sandler... Is great. I that's why I love um, Robert De Niro in The Intern with Anne Hathaway. They're just throwback Capra characters, a character that's just so earnest and good. I no miss, one can correct him. I I love it. I miss the days of when Adam Sandler was really, really good friends with Steve Buscemi, and he just randomly showed up in all his movies, just playing the weirdest characters ever. But it was always so much fun. Buscemi has showed up for some of the Netflix stuff for sure. Yeah, I mean he has, but like. They've kind of he he's kind of not done it, but I think Buscemi's done other stuff too. I would I would I would actually ask you this: When has Buscemi ever played a major character in an Adam Sandler movie outside of being maybe an antagonist? For example, I think the biggest character he's ever played in any of his movies was the guy that was trying to crack the scheme in I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, and that's right. I've seen now pronounced you Chuck and Larry. I have too. <laughs> hey man, I've seen it too. It's sometimes Adam funny. Sam. Sometimes funny, not at all. <laughs> no, I don't think it's aged very well, but I do think oh. Jessica Biel is very attractive in it, and I think um, a lot of the people like um, King Rames are very good in it. I think Nick Swanson's pretty. Bad. It's, it's funny sometimes when you have to you have to think about like what you're looking for in that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he just has a a lot, but I th I don't think Buscemi's ever played anyone big. If anything, I would say why hasn't Buscemi ever played a major character in an Adam Sandler movie? And it's probably because he's like he does that stuff for a lark, is my guess. I, I would think now Fancy Chuck and Larry was like an actual movie that he got paid for, but I would think maybe for like Billy Madison <laughs> or like um, Mr. Deeds, he's only there for like two or three seconds, so he may be doing that stuff for free. Like, it just makes sense. I think he had, no, he had a major role in um, Hotel Transylvania. 
Yeah, but that's not an Adam Sandler movie, and that's also like you just go into a booth. Well, you don't it is really an Adam Sandler movie. It's written by him. Oh my gosh, really? Adam Sandler writes those movies? Yeah, well, he wrote the second one at least. Well, good for him. Because, uh, yeah, Eight Crazy Nights did not work out for him. I'm glad he has his foot in some animation door, and I do hear the, that they are good movies. But I'm talking like an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, sure. One made by him by Happy, Happy Madison. I, I, I mean, it's so interesting when you see Buscemi doing stuff with Daniel Radcliffe on the TBS show, but, like, why isn't he taking the time to do an Adam Sandler movie? It's probably because he he's, would wait. He probably looked at him and was like, I'm waiting for the right script, and it's just never come along. Yeah. I think he, he, he's friends with him to the point where he's like, just give me a good script. It doesn't matter what it is. We'll, we'll figure it out. But it ha- it's all dependent on the script. And I think he's just never turned in a good script. I don't know. Around the time that this was happening is when he was looking to do and create something serious for himself. And that's when Boardwalk Empire happened. So I think that's when he's looking for, like, I'm legitimately Steve Buscemi, the soprano kind of guy now. So I have my own show. And I love Boardwalk. I think it's really good. It's got Michael Shannon. and I love Michael Shannon. Anyway, hashtag back to Willow. Yes, hashtag back to Willow. Yeah, that's fine. We're going down the Sandler tube. Anyway, uh, uh, Adam Sandler is great in Uncut Gems. The ending is just the only way that movie could have ended. And uh, I loved it. I, I freaking loved it. And I have no idea why it got shafted so hard. So hard. All right. All aboard the Jungle Cruise. I didn't see that trailer. I don't care. I think I hear it's crazy. This I could taste it. I just don't care. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to sound rude to you, Chris. But like, I oh, uh, no- when has that stopped you? No, I just, I <laughs> have absolutely zero interest in anything about that movie. I think because I think it's a really stupid idea. <laughs> well, so what? is Pirates of the Caribbean. I Look at that. Yes. I don't even know. But wait, but, I don't even know what the plot is. What do you know? What the, the plot? Jungle is? Cruise is a movie based on an old Disney ride. Yeah, so so kind of like they did with Pirates of the Caribbean, except they're leading it with The Rock instead of Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, they well Who's they also the lead. Why are you dismissing Emily Blunt? They did the same thing with Haunted Mansion too. It's not like they haven't done this before. I'm not saying they haven't done it. And how many? It's only succeeded one time. That's because. They they took Johnny Depp, who's Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom. This is the Rock. No, the Rock is not Johnny Depp. They took Orlando Bloom. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Johnny Depp is not the Rock anymore. Like Johnny Depp, despite the fact that it's very confusing what to think about Johnny Depp right now, because no one knows who to trust. No, no, no. no. Uh, despite that, comparing... hold on. Let me more. finish before you rock is... me, rip me a new asshole. Okay. So first off, <laughs> I'm, comparing, I'm comparing 2003. Probably 2001 Johnny Depp to 2019 or 2020 The Rock. The Rock. 2001 the... Johnny Depp is. I'm sorry, no. Look at look at what else Johnny Depp did in, two, in that era, and tell me if any of it compares. Because I think the whole point is Pirates of the Caribbean is what compa- like catapulted him even further. No, I get, done it, I get it. But hold on, hold that, on. Like, Rock, that, it's not even just right. Johnny Depp though. It's not even just Johnny Depp. They have they have Orlando Bloom in it. They have Jeffrey Rush in it. I mean. The cast was stacked in that movie, and it was done by a reasonably good director. Jeffrey Rush 
people liked Orlando Bloom, but we've all learned Orlando Bloom like he's he's not the best leading man in the world. Like Johnny Depp, saying- those those movies, I agree. I'm not saying he doesn't, but in my in my opinion, right now, The Rock isn't in the stage where he can do no wrong. He has done wrong, but like he's consistently put out good stuff, and I don't see how. Like he can't carry the last two movies he did were huge. Hobbs and Shaw and Jumanji. The second Jumanji. I'm hey, I'm not saying that The Rock doesn't have the star power, but I'm also saying the director behind this movie sucks. Who's the director? Juan Colette Serra, the guy who made House of Wax. Yeah, that's not a good movie. It's not a Uh, bad movie. When was the last time? Okay, when did that come out? 2005. He also made The Shallows. That was ten. I like The Shallows. I like The Shallows ago. a lot. You didn't like The He also shallows? made The Commuter. The, the Commuter? The Commuter's not bad either. He's not bad. I'll tell you that. He's not bad. Sure, but the projects aren't anything interesting. To me, they are, but they aren't... Uh, they are quality stuff, in my opinion. Like, The Shallows is not... Not only do I not think The Shallows is bad, I actually would recommend that to people who like either Blake Lively or good cinematography or gore or shark movies. Those are, those are all elements of that movie that like are great. If you like the Liam Neeson action movies, there's shit out there. But then there's some ones that rise above the cream that are not necessarily taken level. Sure. Like, I think uh, <laughs> um, what's the one? God, there's the one run, run till not, run all night. Okay, or something run all like night. That, like, the guy who wrote <laughs> it that. is the guy who wrote Alien Covenant. I actually never saw Alien Covenant. It wasn't very good. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that people, there are people who don't like it entirely, and then there are people who only like the stuff with David in it. Yeah, he also wrote Murder on the Orient Express, which was okay. Also, never saw that. Yeah. Uh, the other writers is like. Okay, we get it. Okay. What's the What's the plot of the movie? What's the story? Okay. Plot is Emily Blunt is looking for an all healing tree in the Amazon and hitches a ride with Dwayne Johnson and then crap ensues. That's it. It's an adventure movie. It's an adventure movie. What's the problem with that? Harmless. Okay, so yeah, like I have to see the trailer. I, there's a, there's a couple sites I go to that posted the trailer, and both of them were like, "Um, this looks bonkers." So that's the thing. Like, I don't know what they mean by that. It could be good bonkers, it could be bad, but like they're saying it doesn't look stupid or boring. And those are the things that I'm look out for. But because like I didn't care about the second Jumanji movie, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, no, yeah, I like it." I like it, and I would, and I do want to see the second Again, one. Believe yeah, me, they're like whatever action. More than anything for Dwayne Johnson to make a movie that propels him, like like Pirates of the Caribbean did to Johnny Depp. I'd love to see Dwayne Johnson do something good that is like something that you could argue he should win something for. He can't do that. Well, let me put it this way: I wouldn't say that he can't do that. I would say that that's not his goal anymore. If that right. was his goal back when he was doing the rundown, back when he was doing Be Cool, and he's actually acting, absolutely. But that's not his goal right now. His goal is to make fun action movies. Like that's just what his main focus is. He's not. He knows he's funny, and he knows he can be action. That's that's the whole whole joke of Jumanji is that he's either smoldering or he's not. 
that he gets the sense that he is intense and a performer, but he gets the joke. And he's also charming and all those things. But he can't really act. He can't be he and a lot of it has to do with like Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger can act, but it has to be the right situation. Like I I can't imagine The Rock just being a dad and like having to deal with his dad dying because he's like a lawyer or something. Like I, I could I can't imagine him being in like the judge. I couldn't imagine him being in like a family drama. I couldn't imagine him doing marriage story. To be fair, muscles. To be fair, he does have an HBO show called Ballers, and I heard that's pretty like down to earth, mellow. I've seen Ballers, and yes, I will say this: he can act in Ballers. But all Ballers is 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 him in two modes, and this is why I don't like Ballers. This is because it's written by the same people who did Entourage, and I can't stand Entourage. (laughs) All of the all of the conflict of those two shows gets resolved in the end without any real actual construction of stories. So, for example, there's an episode of Entourage where Vince, the huge movie star, has his friend Turtle. He's like, I'm going to go do this business and I'm going to make a bunch of money for Vince and prove that I can make money for our group. So he gets, he's trying to get these like stocks, these like stocks paid for in a liquor and he can't get them down. He can't get them right. And he wants to get them done before a sale is done. And by the end of the episode he goes to vince he's like vince i couldn't figure it out and vince is like i don't know man i covered it for you based off that thing that we didn't see happen and guess what it went through and now you're ri- as rich as me right now and he's like oh my god and like we never see it happen someone comes up and says it all the conflict is gone so for the rock in that show it's basically i need to get clients or i need to get my clients money and then at the end of the episode they all party and that's it it's two modes and like he does play someone who's like trying to be a nice guy but it's also him surrounded by other football players and muscular men so it's a very particular thing and so like he can he can act i'll give him that but like for him to win awards probably not he has to be in two he has to be in certain zones and him constantly stressed out because he can't get his bills paid or he can't get something for his girlfriend or his clients is giving him trouble it's the same kind of in not necessarily level of intensity, but it's the same level of like energy that he's putting in just on a simmer for his action movie. It's like, oh god, I got to go to this thing, I got to do this thing, and then at the end, he's just like, "Ha, we're partying, we figured it out, everything's fine." I, I, I yeah, so yeah, he can act, but also Ballers was a poor. It was just bad storytelling. It was bad script. So while it did give him an opportunity to act, and he wasn't bad, I will. Say that it didn't challenge him. It didn't challenge the audience. It didn't challenge anybody. And that show just like died, and no one gave a shit. And you know what they could have had? Another show called The Brink with Jack Black that was really funny. And if it was still on right now, would have been perfect around the time that we were having troubles with Iran. Like it would have been like Veep. It would have been great. But instead, they chose Ballers because of The Rock. But the show was just not. It wasn't a good example of what he could do. Or at least it didn't challenge him. Um, wow. Like, is it, is it going to be Tangent City today? Um, for you too? I guess, I guess I'll try not. I'm pretty, I've, dude, I've got, I did a lot of research on this movie and I'm way more interested to hear your thoughts about it. So just, so. wow. Like I just, I bring up, um, what? Okay. 
So I just brought this up and it led to a whole tangent on the rock. Well, and that's then, right? It's like, no, I'm not complaining. It just it blows my mind. It really uh, well, That's why we hashtag it back to Willow, baby. Hashtag back to Willow. That's why we have to. That's why we have to have. It's we need to have our memories re- reversed and figure them out. <laughs> Um, for all zero of you sports fans out there, the NBA has suspended the season. Sure. Who oh my cares? God. Straight up suspended the season. The whole thing. They're not. Yeah. I mean, this is coronavirus is a thing. I'd rather not talk about that any further than that. It's a depressing situation. All right, then. Um, I mean, if anyone's going to get it again, if, if anyone's going to be dealing with it on a depressing situation, it's most likely going to be the guy who works in nursing homes. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll see I how that works. For me. You're, I mean, it's it's affecting everyone. It's just, I don't want to talk about depressing shit in general. All right. Well, let's talk about a depressing movie. Let's talk about depressing shit with the turtles on Janet's mind. It was just perfect timing, Zach. It was just perfect timing. <laughs> life is very depressing. Everybody knows it. And oh. let's not talk about something that's real life, shall we? Okay, so um, are you ready, Chris? Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Double checking. Double checking to see if there's anything. Okay, there's not. It's stolen. Okay, I gotta come. I gotta. We've been, We just went on. A few tangents. I gotta come back. Um, all right, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Comedians are secretly the greatest actors of all time. Sure, yeah, because you you um, have to be good at your job to know how to like Michael Keaton, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Jamie Fox. Just those four. And you have enough to. I haven't. Th- that's my evidence right there. Well, Chris, let me let me actually let me actually tell you something. Let me actually tell you something because it's actually like super interesting. And you should study this a little bit. So I don't remember where it was. It was on YouTube or something where some comedian was talking in an interview saying that Adam Sandler. No, I don't know if it was Adam Sandler. It might have been Robin Williams, to be honest. No, it wasn't. No, I was just. Who, uh, I was adding to the list. Who was talking about? Uh, how comedians really are the best actors because you have to know your craft so well to be able to make someone laugh at the right moment with the right joke, and you have to understand your audience truly well, and you have to understand the character to make it funny. So it makes sense when you see actors like Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, um, Robin Williams uh, kill it because they do know their craft better than anyone, so much so that they need to understand how to control human emotions in a way you want to. And I think a movie like Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind really shows that as a strength. Um, Yes, I I, I agree. Um, I do think that... um, I, I, I think it also posits the question that why don't we take more comedic performances seriously as good performances? A prime example would be Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. That is 110% a character that is both real and funny. And that's the thing. Like, he is a real character. You believe him as a living, breathing person who also is an absolute 
character. That is a comedic performance done by an actor who's done both. Like Johnny Depp is a prime example of a great actor who can be both funny and a really emo- a really emotional person. He was on Twenty One Jump Street for how many years? Five or six. Twenty One Jump Street is like a it's like a teen cop show. Like he, it was okay, but like once he got to like to go Pratt. from like Edward Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands to Ed Wood is crazy to me. Chris Pratt, again, like, he was on a serious show called Everwood for years. He begged to get on a comedy like Parks and Rec. And Parks and Rec is where he shined as a comedian because he had done serious stuff for so long. And that's the thing. What made Chris Pratt a star was him as a comedic actor because people really honestly believe Andy as a person. And it's because he spent years as this, like, football player who was dumb, who fell in love with a smart chick, and then, like, had to go through all these problems on a Dawson's Creek type show before eventually he just like blew it up. Like the guy, for, the kid from the Mighty Ducks movies, Charlie would go on to be in like Dawson's Creek as the funny, silly guy. And now he's in The Affair. He's in a new show with Reese Witherspoon. Like Joshua Jackson's a huge, great, phenomenal like, Emmy winning actor right now. So yeah, it's like. I, also, one fact about Chris so Pratt. Funny having, given, the, given the chance to do something serious is great. Chris Pratt's from Minnesota. Yeet. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's from Virginia. Uh, and by this point in Jim Carrey's career, this is like the last good uh, dramatic role that he would have for quite a while until, I would say, interestingly enough, the show he's making now with the same director of this movie called Kidding on Showtime, which is both funny and serious, but really mostly serious. But he had already done Truman Show, Man on the Moon, The Majestic by now. Okay, this was so like his last real ditch effort. My friend Sage, um, she really wants me to see Truman Show. Good. Okay, so here's the thing about Jim Carrey. Uh, let's say up to this point, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is the best movie with Jim Carrey in it. Like I, I they're like caveats that I have for Jim Carrey because he's a favorite for mine. But in terms of any movie that Jim Carrey has ever been in. Eternal Sunshine is the best movie Jim Carrey has ever been in. However, the best serious performance by Jim Carrey ever in a movie, Truman Show. Because his performance is on par with how great that movie is. Also, the movie isn't too smart for its audience. It's perfect. It's just smart enough. It captivates you, but then it also isn't trying to make you feel like this movie is trying to make you feel like Nietzsche and philosophers and stuff and really breaking down the human element of life. Like Truman Show is just trying to say something with a little bit more of a layer to it. And it's perfect. His performance is perfect. Truman Show is the best serious movie, um, the best serious Jim Carrey performance. This is the best movie Jim Carrey is a part of, but like the director and the writer and Kate Winslet are all bringing the same amount of effort to make this movie great as Jim is. But like in terms of the entire movie on Jim and his performance, and what he's doing, and him having to drive the audience in a serious movie, The Truman Show. It's amazing, Chris. Yeah, you absolutely have to watch that. His comedies are a little bit more up there and more subjective. I personally love Pet Detective. I also think Liar Liar might be his best. But And then you have the caveat of Dumb and Dumber. What, what Does Dumb and Dumber count because it's basically a co-starring role with Jeff Daniels? So what do you say? But personally, Truman Show is his best serious performance, and Eternal is the best movie he's ever been in. So yeah, um, I will say, for me, 
next week is spring break. Which means mm-hmm. Mardi Gras, baby. Uh, give me them beads. Um, I'm kidding. Mardi Gras already uh, happened. <laughs> dang it. Um, I have to cancel that flight. Anyway. Um, I'm sure that $8 will be no dent to your account. Uh, oh, yeah. It already canceled itself. Never mind. Um, anyway, so... This, this movie took me on a ride I have not been on in a while. When did you watch it? I watched it today mm-hmm. because one of my classmates didn't pull their weight and I had to step in um, on Sunday. So, um, like, man, like, I have admitted on this program that I am a sucker, right? Mm-hmm. It could be the cheapest or stupidest, like, th- like proof is Rise of Rev- Skywalker. I'm a sucker, okay? Like, raise a Palpatine. Spoiler alert. And I'm like, idiots! But I'm, st- but I still like that. I still like raise a character. So, because so, again, sucker. So, but this felt different. Whereas, like, I didn't feel like a sucker. I felt like I was genuinely falling for these people. At least uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Um, Like, it just, like, oh, man. Especially when I'm going through a time where I'm just, like, having trouble being accepted as as myself and actually being myself. Like... Mm -hmm. This movie like puts a puts a spotlight on it, and it's like, um, Chris, you gotta come and work on my job. No, uh, um, <laughs> he's like, no, won't do it, <laughs> dude. The hours you're working, heck no. And he's gotta make movies, bro. You would love my job. <laughs> um. Although I respect what you guys do, I must um, politely decline. Um, do you, man? That's you a technical do. offer. You can put that on his resume. I was offered a job by your company. <laughs> um, I would anyway. rather have my job on my resume than yours, Chris. Let's go with that. Ah, He's networking. I, He's working his way up. I know. I'm just saying. So... Anyway, it was just like this movie. It was just like um, it's just like it w- like when I when I figured out that the end, like it kind of just pulled a um. I don't want to say memento because I haven't seen it and I don't want to get the idea wrong, but it had that. It had that moment where the beginning was actually how the movie ends. That's how they met the second time. Without spoiling Memento, the 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 comparison is not too far off. Okay, so um, it's just a movie. It just turned out to be like a. I thought it was just gonna be a movie about like. Um, I thought it was just, I, I was expecting a romance, and what I got, what I feel like, 
was not just a romance, but just like, even if it wasn't that, it's just people, it's just two people coming to accept each other as they are, faults and all. But they're not accepting each other. That's the problem. Well, we're not, we're not there yet, Zach. We'll get to that. But anyway, Chris, keep, keep talking. You, well, one of the biggest, you threw the me off. Question. You have thrown me off. You have no, thrown me no, off. No, Chris, I am now off the track. No, 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 you just said it. It was about two people accepting themselves for who they are. Go ahead. Oh, God, you're going to give me a lecture on how I'm wrong. Um, no, this is like I'm like I, I want. There's a big question at the end of the movie that everyone has to ask themselves, which is do you think they stay together? Or do you think they don't? And that's. There are things I'm going to bring to the table to make that very interesting, but it's totally uh, based on the viewer's representation. Like the, the movie doesn't give a definitive answer. I don't think this but is how you feel about the movie really defi- really defines how you view life and romance, and will maybe change when you go through one or two more uh, serious relationships. Maybe when you're married. Maybe maybe when there 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 are stories from people about seeing this movie. And how, like, they dated somebody for a little bit, didn't work out, and then years later they got back together, and then they watched this movie on like, the second date, and were like, holy crap, this totally is, like, representative of who we are. Like, life experience really leads to the art that you experience your life with. And this is just as much an art film as it is a, an entertaining piece of romance. But, like, there's a whole bunch of history to this. There's no definitive answer. Everyone has to answer that question for the, themselves. The film does not give, I think, a definitive answer. Um, true. Um, but yeah, I just watch is like <sighs> to me after watching it, I felt good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I felt, I felt good. It felt kind of reaffirming. Cause like, um, even if they, even if it turned out that they didn't, that it didn't work out, they're think it's they're still themselves, right? Um, like, I guess it was just that, like this movie of just like being about accepting themselves and each other is like. That last dialogue really tied it all up. That last bit of dialogue tied it up for me. Just like she's just what was it? I'm gonna paraphrase. Like I'm like she was like she said she was a messed up girl looking for a little peace of mind, and she was no that was the library scene. But she said she was a high maintenance. No, they were they. She's they they are mirrored of each other. They she says the same thing in both points. Oh right, okay, literally. At that point, when they're in the hallway, they have completely forgotten everything. So they're meeting each other for the first time, and it turns out their meet cute is the exact same thing as their meet cute after they, because like they meet at the house in Montauk. That's their first meet cute, and then he runs away. But then he approaches her in the bookstore, and then they lay their cards on the table. She's like, "Look, like the fan, like the, the infatuation is kind of off for a second. We know we like each other. Let's be honest and put our cards on the table." That's the same 
thing that happens before. They meet each other, then they find out they used to date each other, and then they're like, look, we're laying our cards on the table. And it happens to be the same thing that they say. All of this is very important. <laughs> uh, all of this is very important. Um, but... This is why this is the ma- many reasons why I thought you should watch this more than once, and many of the reasons why I wanted to show you a lot of interesting, amazing. I found so many good videos about this movie, man. It was great, and I know you couldn't, and your 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 classmates sucked. I ditched out on classmates in college, and they had to pick my work up too. So like, I've been that asshole. So I hear you, but like that doesn't mean when this is done that I don't suggest if you really like this movie. Um, to keep to keep watching it, to watch it again, to watch these videos, dude. Because like, this thing has blown. It's blown my mind. But I want to get your response right now, since you've only watched it and you haven't really broken it down like all these other people have. What your initial responses to it are? Because that's also the thing. People would go to this movie and didn't know what it was, or had like a little bit of idea of who made it, and were just expecting a surprise, and they got one, and they came out with their own reactions to it. But over the years, people have. There's a God, dude, I found a video about editing that blew my mind about this, but I'm going to get into what I think my personal answer is to that, but also all of the intricacies that lead to what I think. I don't think the movie answers the question. I think the movie gives multiple choice, though, and that's important. Um, but, like, the moment Jim Carrey says, okay, that was just like... Okay. Oh my I said God. okay. I'm just like, it's like, okay, this movie, that was good. <laughs> He's just like, okay, and they're laughing and they laugh it off. It was like, so, so wow. that's the thing responded to at the end of the movie the most. When the movie ended, that was the thing that stuck with you. Yeah. Did you re- did you did you catch at the very end of the movie? though that the final shot is actually a loop of them running down the beach and never getting to the end of the beach it's a loop it loops over and over and over again oh god no don't don't make don't ruin this movie for me please now now, it's the thing chris i felt the exact same way because i was like i love that ending and then i saw that and i was like shit (laughs) shit oh no Oh no, and I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. This is part of the journey of this because the thing that you said, remember you said the word okay, right? I am a, I am afraid I'm going to give this movie an F minus by so you better be very careful now. So here, I enjoyed said, this movie. Remember so you that got, you, said, you have to be careful. Remember that you said the phrase that you re- that you responded to them saying okay, remember? Yes. One of the videos one of the videos I saw on YouTube it literally begins with my favorite moment of the ending of this movie is the fact that they say, okay. And maybe it wasn't a video, but it was an article I found about the, the ending of it. And it was specifically about how that moment affected that person just exactly the same way you did. And how they perceived it changed the way I perceived it. Because I had the same effect as you. I saw that ending, but I could not take my eyes off that beach loop. And I was like, oh, shit. Are they just going to do this over and over and over again? Is, are they just doing this over and over and over again? And that idea shook me. And that idea really rocked me back. And I was like, no. I looked back at the past work of Charlie Kaufman, the writer, and I was like, oh, man, like maybe it makes sense. He's kind of a nihilist. He's the realist of this. And then I looked back at the information, and yeah, he did interviews where he was like, I watched romantic movies, and it fucked me up. 
it did damage. It didn't do what it didn't do me any justice. And when I wanted to make a romantic movie, I wanted to make one that was real, where people talked over each other, where people were like nervous and weird and just trying to figure each I wanted it to make it like real people. And I wanted that to like explore a doomed romance to a certain extent. And he even wrote the original framework of this movie to be that years down the line, at the opening of the movie, this company, this sci-fi company that erases memories, has become hugely popular. And they work with people who want to erase rapes and people who want to erase um, uh, losing uh, uh, soldiers in Vietnam and like watching their buddies die. And it shows Clementine getting at as an older woman and you see on the screen of the computer at the office that she's done this several times. And it ends with them erasing her memory again. And it says that they do this over and over and over again. And I was like, God damn it. The subtext is there. You can't ignore it. And so I started watching some videos and some people started making some very interesting points. And it isn't and like there were a couple guys that were like, this, this couple doesn't learn anything. This couple just is doomed to make the same mistakes over and over again. And then somebody came up with a very interesting point. They said, have you ever heard of the tale of, of Sifris, I think. <laughs> Plagueis the Wise? No, Sisyphus. Have you, have you, Chris, ever heard the story of Sisyphus? You may know of it, but have you heard it under that name? Uh, no. Have you ever heard of the story of the guy who had to put the boulder up the hill only to have yes, the boulder yes, fall yes, all yes, the way yes, down yes, yes, to the yes, top yes. for eternity? Yes, yes. There are, a lot of different, there are a lot of different approaches to how that works and how that, how that story, what it means. And for a lot of people, they actually apply the character to it. And one of the interesting points that I found that someone brought to the table was he eventually is okay with it. This is his life. He's still alive. He's still cognitive. And he's still able to, like, experience joy. But he's still going to be doing this futile thing for the rest of eternity. Clementine and Joel, when they say okay, are accepting. Not that they're accepting each other. They're accepting that this relationship will doom. They're accepting the good with the bad. And they're saying that they want this, that this is where their form of joy comes from, that this is who they are. The reason it's so much more damaging is because of the sci-fi elements of the movie. If they really wanted to lean on it and make it a Black Mirror episode, then yes, they should have been more specific about them looping together. But because they give us the ending they do, and then they do that little ambiguous loop at the end. I don't think they're definitively saying it. I think what they're saying is they accept that they are going to have to go through the bad to get to good. They don't want to lose those good memories. They want to make them again. And they're willing to go through all the damaging parts of it to get them back. And maybe they'll make the same decision because they live in a world where they can, but they don't care. It's worth it for them. They are willing to push that rock up the hill if it means they get to be themselves. It's so important to them that they aren't willing to let it go. And to some people, that's what life is. It's like Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is the story of a guy who literally goes through thousands, thousands of days of the same day to the point that he basically goes from maggot to human being. And it's a Buddhist idea. Repeat the same thing over and over and over again. You reincarnate, go through life over and over again until you finally find peace. 
And that's what they're saying. They're accepting that we cannot live without the bad because we need the good. Some people say that life's a prison and that's their prison and the only way to break out of it is to escape desire. But from an optimist angle, that is what life is. You can look like I think the movie is saying that they're accepting it and they're okay with it within this world. But I think the loop for everyone else is to say, this is a challenge. You can grow from your mistakes. Don't keep repeating your patterns. You can grow with your partner because we don't live in a world where you can forget memories. You are forced to remember them. Learn from your mistakes. So I think your read on it is correct. I think the optimist angle is correct. And I think that the movie is ambiguous because it gives the, it lets you enjoy their, lets you enjoy them coming back together while saying, hey, learn from your mistakes. In my opinion, it's saying life is a series of futile choices. You have to take the bad with the good. And I, I, I enjoy that. I really do. It makes me love it even more. Okay. You stuck the landing. Okay. <laughs> you stuck the landing. We're good. But here's, here's another interesting thing. That oh, video, it's not over. A, well, here's the thing that, that I didn't know that I expected that stuff coming. That was my journey. I was like, okay, I get it. They accept the fact that they will go through this doomed romance. And that is what they, they accept the fact they will go through this loop for their, the rest of their lives because that is beautiful to them. That is what they need. They need each other just as much as they need to hate each other. That's what they've decided as characters. That okay is them going, okay, let's do it. I want to go on this ride again. Let's go for it. That's what's amazing about that okay. What I find really interesting, though, in this editing video is they had a whole section in this movie where you get to see Naomi. And you get to see him, like, kind of cheat on Naomi with Clementine. And it changes this whole viewpoint you have of this movie. And then they exercise it, but then you also see the redness of Naomi. And God, it was so good, dude. It like it changed the way I viewed editing. It was crazy. Um, the craftsmanship behind this fucking movie, of like, behind their transitions, behind the shots, behind how the camera works, everything they do here is beautiful, and it's so impressive. And enjoying this movie for what it is as a story, and then breaking down everything that went into making it. It's one of the funnest experiences I've had. Like, uh, it, they had such a good and interesting time making this movie. It's so, it's so cool. Oh. Wow. Ugh. Can you, like, can you think of any of the visuals that, like, you liked the most? Is there a scene that you responded to the most outside of the ending? Probably the, ha probably the uh, the ho the moment where they break into the house. Honestly, because yeah. like they had gone on this, like <laughs> they'd gone on this crazy ride of Tim trying to hold on to her and him and transporting them through all these different memories, even the moment where he was jacking off as a teenager. That was so funny. Um, but like... Um, but I think it was the house. Of just like seeing like... 
him seeing uh, Jim Carrey just kind of like lay it all out and the house is falling apart because like it's basically the end and uh, that whole house scene was so good um trying to think of like also there was a moment I did walk out the room because I was so <laughs> I was so it's like Elijah Wood right he's in this movie um, Don't when it turns idea. out that he was copying freaking Joel, I'm just like, I literally walked out. I was like, no, 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 no. I was gonna uh, ask you, think of that whole B plot that basically leads to Kirsten Dunst making an important decision. Oh, like, oh god, like, uh, um. How do I say this? Um, it felt like uh, Finn and Rose's subplot in The Last Jedi. Just weaker in comparison. Okay. You I Because like the whole time okay. when, they're, when they're doing that whole thing, I was like, come on, go back to Joel's head. We got to get him out of this. <laughs> All right. Because I was so fair enraptured enough. in that. I do think that's fair. Um, I'm sure if I saw it in like a, like its own movie where I had to look at naked Mark Ruffalo before the Hulk. Um, he was half naked. He was half naked. Um, scene was improvised. Oh, holy cow. Um, so improvisation like when they do the whole like switching arms to drink their glasses that's them improvising um when she punches jim carrey in the arm that's a genuine response for me because she did that on by accident when ruffalo scares kirsten dunce in the hallway the director kept telling him to jump out from different sections of the hallway so she would genuinely be scared and then the best moment is the parade scene with the elephants that was spontaneous they didn't that wasn't planned, and they just it was near where they were filming, and they went outside and they filmed it. So then, when Kate Winslet, uh, when Clementine runs away from Joel, that's literally Kate Winslet running away from Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey is like looking for Kate Winslet, like where he thought he lost her. He was like, oh, oh my god, where'd she go? And they had to mute him saying Kate, so you can see him mouth the word Kate. So that's like that's the director's favorite moment. It's a genuine look of like I've lost this person on his face. There's so many little moments like that in this movie that's like specifically planned out in a lot of interesting ways. Um, yeah, just uh, improvisation can bring out just the best results. Um, trying to think of it. Uh, uh, man, I was just like, upon this viewing, I just like, couldn't like i said i felt like jim carrey kate winslet like had me like on lock and the b plot was just like it just felt like it was there just to break up the pace and like um just i just wanted to go back to 
Joel's head. Um, I think I think that's fair. I think that is fair because most of the fun visual stuff is in his head, and most of the like char- those you do care about those characters more. But oh, so there is a movie now. Go ahead. There's there's a good horror movie in this in, in here. Because like the moment where the like the moment where like the, he start like he goes back to the memory he had already forgotten in the doctor's office, then they're all missing faces or like Elijah Wood's eyes are upside down. I'm like, okay, nope, this turned into a Guillermo del Toro movie real quick. So I'm just gonna, gonna <laughs> take a take a break here. Yes, yeah. some creepy stuff. I do think it's imp- I do think um the I do think there's some interesting stuff in the B plot that's important. Um. I think it says a lot about just like how we view relationships, especially when you see each of the different dudes. Because there's Elijah Wood, who's just like the weakest. There's Joel, who's kind of like got a middle problem, and then there's Mark Ruffalo, who's like genuinely a good guy, and he's like really likes her, and he's just kind of like he's even like sympathetic with his friend. He like doesn't really like try to hide stuff with the wife. He's just kind of like he honks the horn more than anything else to be like, dude, your wife is watching. Um, and then there's the crappy doctor who's like doing terrible stuff. So all these guys kind of like are of course show of course. the decisions of Joel now and make you sympathize with Joel more, which is another big reason why they exercised him kind of cheating on his girlfriend. These guys are supposed to show all these different ways that view that men view relationships and how they can control women and how like Joel kind of put her in this box in his mind. And how he realizes these problems, but then wakes up and forgets both the problems, and that he realized how to fix them. Also, outside of Ghost Protocol, I can't remember Tom Wilkinson not being a complete, like, douche. Like, he never, like, I've never seen him play a good guy outside of Ghost Protocol. All right, so I'm going to bring a movie to the table one of these days, and you're going to love it. It's called okay. Michael Slayton. It's from 2007, one of the best film years of all time. It was nominated for Best Picture, and Tom Wilkinson was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and in my opinion, was the Best Supporting Actor that year. He is he is excellent in that movie. It's the best thing he's ever done. You are, I think you're really going to like that movie. It's, okay. Michael Clayton has got Tilda Swinton, and it stars George Clooney. He's a fixer, and he finds out that, like, his old um, mentor, played by Wilkinson, who has these kind of schizophrenic problems, has discovered that the company they work for might be doing some shady stuff. And he starts to turn for the other side. And so Clayton, George Clooney, is supposed to find him and bring him back. He thinks there's something wrong with his head. And then things get, like, really, really crazy. And I love, love that movie. It's just, it's it's one of my favorite scripts. I, I It is a personal favorite of mine. And, yeah, Wilkinson plays the good guy actually a genuinely good guy with mental problems so he you really sympathize with him okay so oh man um and Batman against plays a scummy guy that's right oh uh, yeah um he played uh, oh, another Tony. few weeks it'll be true yeah Zach's terrible in Batman again mm. he's one of the nut take over the nut house um <laughs> Um, this I will say, you're gonna talk me off this edge. The soundtrack did not feel like it fit. Oh, oh, you, it oh, didn't man. like there were more, there were more, okay, there were like moments like, um, 
when I first met on the train at the beginning of the movie, I wasn't feeling that. Like, I felt like that was the wrong. That's the wrong music choice for this. Like the way okay. this, the way this whole thing is shot. Like, I'm not feeling this. All right, so I I get what you're saying. Having just graduated myself in 2004 when this movie came out, this was a definitive sound for that time. Just to kind of like. Yeah, it's it's the '90s just ended, and they were warping it into something a little bit more different form of cheese. Because 2004, 2003 is like Garden State, 500 Days of Summer, real peak indie romance weird stuff. Like, I don't think that she is a man of pixie dream girl in this movie, but I do think people looked at this movie and were like, "I got an idea for a girl," and they like did it wrong. This she says it very plainly at the end of the movie. I'm not that girl I'm fucked up and she makes it so I think the movie isn't trying to do that at all um, but this is the sort of sound that came around that period although I do love the guy who makes the music I do think there are moments the music is uh, like different sounding and all over the place but it does have one of my favorite songs in, in life it's one of my favorite songs ever and it's the moment where he's killing the bird it's called peer pressure it's a song called peer pressure and it's is also the same song that plays when the house is collapsing at the end. And I didn't realize that until I watched it this time. I, when I listened to the soundtrack years ago after watching it, I was like, oh my God, this song is perfect. It's so beautiful. I love it. And I never went back to the movie. And then when I went back to the movie, I was like, oh, that's the scene it's from. And I didn't really, really put into my head at that time that it was also at the end of the movie until this week. And I watched it and I was like, peer pressure is when the house collapses. It's the theme of their romance. Oh my God. I love that song. It's like an hour. It's like a minute and a half long and it's, Oh, it's perfect. It's just, it's beautiful. I love it. Peer pressure, John Bryan. Oh, I like it. Like, Check doesn't work entirely for you. That's fine. But that song like, is going by. What I'm, say, what I'm saying is like the song choices I thought were okay. It was just like moments like the, first like train scene when they're exchanging dialogue i was like what is this <laughs> like this is this doesn't feel like it fits yeah oh well uh, no not that not that not that not that not that okay. that was the song well, that song's fine i was like that was that 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 fit what i'm saying was well, train, when they first met the on the train actually, the train scene is actually warped in a way that's deliberately um supposed to make you feel weird they cut the music when they aren't talking the music uh, is only playing when talking so that's why that scene sounds weird for one thing if other scenes didn't work for you i get that but that scene is meant to sound weird okay there was the there was the forest there was that scene where the forest, but he was trying to wake up um mm. i was like okay this doesn't really fit either um what else? otherwise i thought the soundtrack was fine um it fit them. It really fit the movie. I thought it was okay. Um... And and Mark Ruffalo is correct. The Clash do rule. Right. Um, seeing Mark Ruffalo this young, uh, actually, no, no, no. What, what am I saying? He hasn't aged today. Um, no, he's aged. He has aged. Are you serious? I thought he looked like a baby in this, dude. When I first saw him, but like the more I looked at him, I was just like, I think it's the haircut. Otherwise, he looks just like Bruce Banner, like from eight years ago. <laughs> God, that was eight years ago. Oh, dude, this movie's from like this movie's no, only I'm saying Avengers. Yeah, like I again, like I can't wait to show you a movie like Zodiac, where he is like 
I think Zodiac is the best performance that Mark Ruffalo has ever done. And it's great. There are other people in it that are great, including Robert Downey Jr., before either one of them would be superheroes. So, like, uh, I think he also looked like at that point he does now. But I think in this movie he looks like a baby. I don't know why. I think it's the glasses. There's something about it. He just looks young in this movie. Baby Joel. I think he looks like a baby Joel. Um, oddly enough, the two main characters of this uh, of this film are do have this, do share names with two um, protagonists from two zombie apocalypse video games. <laughs> when did the video games come out? Um, no, they're not named after them. They have the same name as them, and I thought it was a really funny little thing. Um, yeah. Clementine is from the Walking Dead uh, Telltale games. And Joel is from The Last of Us, which is ah, yes, okay. Yes, I am falling were. in. I am falling in love with The Last of Us. Like, oh my gosh! Really? Yes, I'm falling in love with it. Um. Anyway, what is it about that that you like? Characters, man. Like characters, it's, man. The characters, man. <laughs> just. <laughs> The more okay, so um, retro replay is a channel that uh, has uh, Nolan North and Troy Baker, which are who are the two most prolific motion capture video game actors out there. Like Nolan North played Deadpool for the video game, um, and he was also Nathan Drake for Uncharted, which is what he's most mm-hmm. known for. And then Troy Baker did a lot of um, anime. Before The Last of Us, and uh, he did a game called Catherine. Says that he wasn't really known for everything. Like, The Last of Us um, turned him from just a just like a voice actor who is giving a good one dimensional performance into an actor. Um, and just and so they played through the game themselves and you wouldn't know but like the like the winter scene um the winter scenes with Ellie where she's taking care of Joel um David is played by Nolan North um which is crazy these guys disappear in these roles um they will never be awarded no, they never. Um, oh, Chris, I'm telling you, I'm paying the money to make sure it doesn't happen. Dang it! Um, you, have more, you have more. You have more money than me right now. So um, I don't know. Not really. So, but like, okay. Now I'm going on my own tangent. Anyway, anyway, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, you got so like, and they played through it, and it was just like. They were talking about how they made it, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this game is one of the best games of the decade. One of the best stories of the decade. And this is a first-time video game director who had been working as a game designer for Uncharted and at Naughty Dog for the longest time. And he only and Neil Druck Neil Druckmann, the writer and direct and the uh, creative director, he um all he all he do is like he took he, like somebody else was gonna was gonna direct the game, and 
he took all these courses on to help like cast roles and all of that. And like, so he took acting courses and read books on directing and he's just like, this seems actually kind of fun. I'm going to, I want to give this a shot. So he did it. Last of us was his first, first gig and he freaking crushed it. Um, like it's like, Oh my gosh. It stays. It's like, I can't even describe how well done it is to me. Um, and just the ending. And I was just like, that is such a bold choice. They wrote them into a, they wrote him into a corner. Cause like, if he just walks out, he has to deal with it again. He has to deal with losing a daughter again. And that's not like how that game should end. So he, dude, 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 dude. It's such a bold, tragic ending. And I, I respect what you're saying right now. And I do not want to, I do not want to be little at all, but you really did just say, he, and I can't let that go. So please go on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have not watched any playthroughs of Last of Us. I do know that the second one, I think, is out right now. No, it's the same as that, too? Less than 80 days. Gotcha. Okay, so it's coming up. So I have time. Any delays? Any further delays? Uh, it, it reminds me of, hashtag back to Willow, another person who had an excellent debut. And his name was Charlie Kaufman. Have you ever heard of being John Malkovich? Um, I wouldn't want to be John Malkovich, but no. Oh my gosh, dude. I can't believe you just said that. Okay. So, <laughs> his name is Charlie Kaufman. In the, eight, in the early 90s, he started writing for some sitcoms and some sketch shows. Some of them with like amazing people like Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert, and then others that were just like normal sitcoms. Eventually, he just kind of he kind of got sick of it, and he I think he lived here either here in Minnesota or somewhere in the Midwest. Kaufman so he didn't work in Hollywood. Minnesota last name, even though he's probably not born here. So he decided he was going to put all of his chips all of his chips down on his first script. He wrote a few scripts, but his first script. He was going to put it all on the table. Every, every bit of ounce of weird that he could put into it. And it was a movie called Being John Malkovich. And it is literally about how John Cusack, a marionette puppeteer, right. finds, uh, finds a hole, a doorway, in his office of his new job that enters into the mind of John Malkovich. And, I, and I'm not fucking kidding you when I say <laughs> it's the mind of John Malkovich. And you look through his eyes and you see him acting and you see him combing his head and taking it's John Malkovich. And then later they start using the tunnel to control John Malkovich. And then he starts charging people the money to be John Malkovich. And the movie takes an amazing, crazy turn. It's one of the best performances by Cameron Diaz, dude. It is an amazing story, but it's weird. It's so fucking weird. Um, I can't wait till you see it one day. It's one one of the weirdest movies you could ever see. It launched Charlie Kaufman. He, John Malkovich read it. He's like, yes, yes, 
absolutely I'm going to do this. Are you kidding me? It's <laughs> called Being Me. I'm going to do it. It was directed <laughs> by a guy named Spike Jones. Spike Jones doing some of the most amazing music videos of the early 90s, like the Beastie Boys, stuff like that. And he eventually wanted his first movie to be this weird thing, and it became a huge hit for the both of them. So much so that they made a semi-sequel together called Adaptation, starring Nick Cage, who plays Charlie Kaufman and his made-up brother, Donald Kaufman. And it's about how two, one of them tries to adapt a book about flowers while the other one's writing a hit novel and it's, or a hit movie script. It's like, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's, it's my favorite Nick Cage performance ever. It is an amazingly weird movie, and these guys as a pair are hits. They, like Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman are an amazing pair. They haven't made anything since, but those two movies are classics. In the middle of that, Charlie Kaufman wrote a few other scripts. One was made by George Clooney, actually, and starred Sam Rockwell. Uh, he made a movie called Human Nature, and he, he wanted to make it with Spike Jones. But Spike Jones was like, no, 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 no. But I, I do know this uh, French music video director. He did all of Bjork's videos. He's done Rolling Stones. He's doing a lot of people. He made the White Stripes who they are with their music videos. His name is Michael Gondry, and they decide to make, make the movie Human Nature together. And it's, it's okay. It's still weird as balls. It's like a, it's a love triangle between three people and a guy who's discovered as like a um, feral animal and like they're slowly turning him into like a person, but like every, just, everybody just wants to fuck. It's crazy. And <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but it's more sitcom-y. It's like the last like true sitcom-y thing Charlie Kaufman would ever do. But they liked their collaboration, but it wasn't really something they would do together. It wasn't until all their scripts were done. All of Charlie's scripts were done, and Michael Gondry wanted to make a true, honest film. Like a really true... He wanted to really put his name out there as a filmmaker. So they decided together that they would form this idea. Michael Gondry got the idea because he thought it would be really interesting if one day you like got a letter in the mail that said someone you know has erased you from their memory. And then Kaufman liked the idea of like using that as a doomed, failed romance thing and making a movie that would try to deviate from everything you'd seen from romance to comedies before and just romances in general and they worked together really hard to form this movie and it, it like launched them Kaufman won an Oscar for this script and Kate Winslet got an Oscar nomination Jim Carrey got a Golden Globe but he didn't get an Oscar nom and to watch <laughs> Charlie Kaufman accept his, to accept his award is it's amazing he's just like so nervous he's so like he lo- is he, he like he Eddie Redmayne when he won? No, he looks like um, uh, God. He looks like. Do you know that guy who would um from the eighties and nineties? He had an afro and he would paint in a black background and just said Bob Ross. You know who Bob, Bob Ross, Ross? Ross? Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like Bob Ross, but younger. You described Bob Ross to me as if I didn't know him. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know, like. He's a meme. (laughs) See, you know him as a meme. I knew him as the painter guy on TV in the morning. I actually watched his show. So Uh, you, like, he was a living, breathing thing. Like, I don't know what are memes and what are not. I just have to do my. (laughs) Um, he looks like that, but younger. Maybe a little bit more like um another comedian that I like that you probably wouldn't know uh, for like Parks and Rec. But Mm -hmm. he is 
he's just kind of like this like small bearded Jewish guy with a fro and like he's just very nervous and he like walks up and he immediately starts counting the counter that they give you when you have well, to accept your assuming Bob Ross is Jewish. No, I'm I'm saying he looks like Bob Ross because of the afro. I'm saying <laughs> Charlie Kaufman looks Jewish. He just looks Well, let me tell you a secret, Alex. is <laughs> 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 Jewish. Well, yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> Here's the thing: Jews are they're Jewish. Jews are actually a race of people. Oh, be careful where you guys are walking. Be careful where you guys are walking. He said it himself. He looks Jewish. He's made like he's made. Okay, so Charlie Kaufman after this decided he was going to make his own work, and he spent four years making a movie called Synecdoche, New York. And yeah, there's some like. There's some Jewish work in there, man. Like, there's some, and I'm not saying that it's like he's actually putting Jewish heritage, Jewish uh, like um, folk tales in there, kind of like the Coen Brothers do with a serious man. Like, there's a lot going on in Synecdoche, New York. It's a crazy movie. I can't, I can't even explain that movie, dude. It's crazy, man. That movie's nuts. It's so crazy. Um, and <laughs> and then he would make a, um, I think a lot, like a, uh, I think it was a stop motion movie called yeah. Anomalisa a couple years ago. Yeah. And he's got another movie coming out soon that, that um, I think he also directed and wrote. But he's doing his own thing. Spike Jones has been doing his own thing. And uh, Michael Gondry came back together working with Mike, I'm sorry, with Jim Carrey in the this TV show Kidding, I think, in 2017. And they're in the middle of their second season now. Alex, I don't know if you know this, but I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, Zach. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yes, like, yeah. Char- Charlie Kaufman is one of the weirdest screenwriters of our generation, Chris. Like, his yeah. movies are insane banana brains. So, Just yeah. Insane so Michael in the membrane. No, he's very much. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think this is probably his most proud, his most crowd pleasing film. Everything else is a lot more dark and nihilistic. Um, uh, certainly a lot more cynical. I think being John Malkovich has a fun fact about Charlie Kaufman, actually. I'm sorry. Fun fact about Charlie Kaufman, actually. Go. What's that? Uh, for about six years in the 1980s, he lived in Minneapolis, answering calls about missing newspapers from the Star Tribune. Well, there you go. I thought he lived in Minnesota when he wrote that script. Probably. Yeah, he did not go to L.A. He wrote his sitcom scripts from out here. Yee! That gives me hope. Um, he was that good. That's the thing. Charlie Kaufman was that good. But Chris, he is you that good. gotta understand. He was Jewish and from New York. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people from New York who are also Jewish. It's a thing. Yeah, like in, in a sense. very large chunk of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not saying there's a lot or a little, but they're it's there. It's almost like every person who's Jewish and from New York is Jewish. Well, yes, if you describe every person who's Jewish and from New York as Jewish, yes. You've said it. Twice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Charlie Kaufman is amazing and he's weird and he is like the interesting thing that I see about this is 
Michael Gondry would try to get success going with the Green Hornet with Seth Rogen. Did you ever see that? Oh, the Green Hornet? I thought it was all right. Better call, better known as Kato. That's what it should have been called. Well, that's the thing. The film makes it very clear that that's the joke. That Seth Rogen is the comedy. He is the comic relief. That the Hornet himself is really dumb and stupid. That Kato was actually the one doing all the work. That's the whole point of the movie. Like, the stuff is there. But, like, I don't think Michael Condry should have made an action movie, and I don't think Seth Rogen should have picked the Green Hornet, despite that he really liked Bruce Lee. They just, like, it wasn't a good, it was never going to work from the ground floor. But I do think Michael Condry would work very well in a Seth Rogen comedy because he's, he's so good at creating interesting visuals, but also giving actors room to breathe. Like, he would shoot multiple angles, and he would also put earpieces within the cameraman. So he was the only one making the decisions of the cameraman at the time. So the actors, if they wanted to, could go anywhere on set and do whatever they wanted and get the okay from the director in the moment that it would happen. While at the same time, trying to make an effect like Jim Carrey being in the bookstore and then walking away, the lights shutting off, and then all of a sudden he's in the room of his friend's house. Like, that stuff had to be planned perfect, but still give everyone room to breathe and improvise. And which is why I think the second best Michael Gondry film I like outside of this, although there are three, there are three films, this signs of sleep. And then my personal favorite, Jack Black and Mos Def in be kind rewind a movie about two guys who work at a videotape. I've seen a preview of this. (laughs) This is a silly, genuinely good movie about the love of cinema. And that's it. And I love it. Signs of sleep is just as inventive, but I also think kind of, hammers down the idea that like people escape in their own imagination need to live life and i i honestly think that element is here in eternal sunshine too but like i think he's more playful and be kind rewind and yeah green hornet is good but it's just he should make action movies he should have just made a seth rogan comedy he would have made a perfect seth rogan comedy it would have had heart it would have been creative it would have been interesting and they i wish they would get back together it just looked like it didn't work out but michael gondry has come back with katie with jim carrey and honestly i've seen a couple episodes it's good but you have to be in the right mood for it because it's like it's real stuff anyway back to willow um, yeah the, the last you were saying no 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 we're going back we're done <laughs> uh, anyway yeah, that's pretty much, I would say everything I've said is pretty much a jumbled collaboration of like all the stuff I watched and my own reaction to it and the journey of like how I felt about the ending. And I will send all that stuff to you, dude, if you want it. Cause I got to say, like, this movie, the more I'm like, oh, the work that went into this is so interesting. It's like The Last of Us, man. I was so interested in how many like little things came into making this work out so perfectly. Like, Despite the fact that I think the B story, I agree, is not as memorable or as effective as the rest of the film, I do laugh. I do like it. I do think the actors are fun together. And it's great to see, like, Kirsten Dunst be the actual... Like, it's interesting to watch the narrative. And maybe that's the big reason that doesn't work is because you're following Joel in his mind in one story. In the other story, you're watching um, the narrative go from uh, Elijah Wood to Mark Ruffalo, to Kirsten Dunst, and then Kirsten Dunst makes the decision that the two main characters don't make, which is the decision to change. She gives everyone else the opportunity to change, and they decide not to, but the reason they decide not to is because they are okay with what they have, bad and good. 
regardless of whether you think that's a good thing or not, some would say that's exactly what life is. Mm. Okay. Let's grade it. Um, Dead air. Um, I mean, I've got, I've, I know what I'm, my grid is. A minus. Okay. I almost said B plus, and I was just like, I can't get it there. It's like I don't think the, like the 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 subplot's not that uninteresting, and it's just like I think it's that good, and. Um, certainly something I really needed to see. Um, so yeah, A minus. I'm gonna say A. I think it's an A. Um, okay. I didn't watch it. For so no, I'm like, I, I, I know. I figured that because it's been. You said it had been a long time since you since you had seen it, but I was gonna ask you what you thought about it. Um, I was getting. To Wait it. a minute! Stop! Um, Who brought this to the wheel? active never mind go ahead a i gotta be honest i told zach beforehand i thought his he brought he brought maltese falcon he brought apocalypse now he brought uh, like those and he brought this and i thought all three of those were like i would have said those were a little too early for you but now i'm like no dude like those were interesting choices just like i think your johnny darko is a good choice just like i think your beetlejuice is a good choice I haven't put Beetlejuice back on yet, but I, I know, was, but no good the log. I do the have. A, I'm telling you guys, some of the choices I make aren't crazy. They're like kind of great. If only you'd watch. No, I'm telling you, that's literally what I just said. But anyway, regardless, my, the a, bad. A. I'm telling I'm you guys, put imitation of life on there, man. I w- I want to see it. I want to wait. I want to wait for something. Little. Um, I say a. I say A because, and I, and I really think that the few, I, just watching that video of what they exercised from it really just makes me understand how smart they understood the tone and the characters. Is so fucking I, th- I agree that the B story is not as effective. I think the reason it is not as effective is because Kirsten Dunst should be more a part of that narrative and you should respond to her more before she gets to the house of the two guys. And that, like, she has to carry the second half of that. So you, you're basically watching the narrative shift from four different people. And it's, it, I don't think it works as well as the rest when you're following one person. And it gets a little confusing. And it's also not as emotionally connected when it's, when it's meant to be silly. Because really, this is a kind of depressive movie to a certain extent. That's why they want silliness of, like, Kirsten Dunst and Mark Ruffalo dancing on a bed. And if you re- like, you're kind of recoiling from that a little bit because you're responding to this other part. I understand. I honestly think it's because the person you're supposed to connect with, who makes one of the most important decisions of the movie, doesn't really give her shot to be the narrative lead until like ten minutes before she makes that decision. So it's a little weird. So I, I don't want to necessarily give it an A plus, but I do think it's an I do think it's an A for sure. And then. And Zach, what 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 are your memories of this? And after us talking about it, like, um, so I watched you this in college, actually, um, and my memories of it from college 
you know, uh, we watched this back to back with Donnie Darko. So, um, I remember it was really good. That whole night was kind of a blur because I'm pretty sure we were right. drunk, but <laughs> no, booze, probably booze. What? All the Satan worshiping at your college? I know this stuff. I've heard these stories. I know, man. Hmm. Uh, I would say, yes, this movie is like, there was a genre back then that was inspired by Pulp Fiction, basically, of films that were going non-narratively. And Memento really helped things um, a lot, too. Um, Yeah, I think this movie is, coming back to it, it's, it's been a joy. Like, I, I, I respond to it more now having been in a, a relationship I think mattered and that I wouldn't want to erase from my memory. But also it's not just that. There are other things that I've gone through in my life that I find very important that, and other things that I feel like I'm never going to achieve and that's okay. And to strive, and when I strive for something that the, the more connection I have to it on a human level, on like moral level, on, the, on like my own sense of self the more it is important to me like a relationship with a person or uh making sure that the people around me uh feel comfortable or just trying to be empathetic with others those are things that i would rather strive to do in my life and try not to like and and repress my resentment towards other things rather than like all my energy to like getting a job that's just going to make me hate myself or trying to get an item that's just a waste of time like, or trying to just get money or, like, selling my soul, basically, in my, my mind. The, those are futile, futile efforts that get you nowhere. And those can be toxic relationships. And I don't think that Clementine and Joel are toxic people or toxic for each other. I just think they make the decision to say that what we get from each other is just as or if not more important, if not certainly worth it than what it does to us in the end. I think that's very human. I think that's not a mm. bad thing. I just think that's what life is. And when they say okay, it's, it is a relief. It's like saying instead of having to push that rock and realize that every day, you just accept it. You're like, okay, I'm the guy who pushes a rock up a hill that falls. At least I'm still me. Right. Okay. Right. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Of the spotless mind. Bad wheel. Yes. To the backlog. Um, Alex. 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 I I need your opinion. Yes, sir. Um, Chris, you're not getting an option on this because. Fuck you. <laughs> um, well, that's always been the case. How deep do we want to dive down the dark, dark hole of sci-fi original movies? Suburban Commando? Never. Never. I I have one suggestion, and this is a one-off deal. Uh, but I think it's... We have, we have to have it on here. It, it, there's no other way. What, Sharknado? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's save it for the series wheel. There's like no. seven of those things. Oh, no. Okay, will, well, no. Will not, 
Five, all, okay, Zach. Six of okay, those. Okay, Zach, I see, I see what you're saying. Okay, so I would say, yes, if you're going to do that one, do all of them. Why not? But just for, just for the, the completionist in me and, like, also the sadomasochist. But I would say um, I don't think the first one is worth it. I don't think the first movie is worth the time when there are so many better bad movies out there. Like, there are so many... Here's the thing. So many I words... I want to watch six Sharknado movies. I don't, don't bring Sharknado to the table. I'm saying, uh, if you're asking my opinion, I would say I don't want to do it. I don't. I, I get the point, and I and I, I think it's earnest. Like, maybe there's another sci-fi movie that would be better, but, like, I never thought Sharknado was interesting. I tried a couple times. I was like, yeah, I get it. I think Birdemic is more interesting. Birdemic's ridiculous. Of course. I think Birdemic is way more interesting on that level. Like, if you're going to go full crappy animal bird thing, go Birdemic. We could do Birdemic. I'm thinking about it just by saying it so much. Yeah, Birdemic's so bad, though. It's fun bad, though. It, It's... Yes. But I it's think it's worth really it. bad. It's but that's what makes it so good. Like yeah, I think Birdemic is totally worth it. But, but um, yeah, uh, backlog, Chris. I think put Birdemic on the backlog. Mm. Daredevil two thousand three. Okay. Godzilla nineteen ninety six. Yeah, why would we put that? Ugh. I think you put it on, dude. You put it on. No, I did. I did. No. Oh, no, I, I did. did said a role in it. Okay, all right. I'm you know sure. what? You know what? I got it. I got my suggestion. Well, I'm reading the backlog now, so wait. That's fine. Um, you can find still better than all of them. Robin Hood 2018. That's right. <laughs> Who killed Captain Alex? No. God, still stand by that. <laughs> Gemini Man. Ew. <laughs> That was crazy. Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred. Okay. That was only me who chose that, I believe. No, that was me. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. You love wrestling. I know. Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yeah, that was Zach. That yeah. was me. Wonder who else was Zach? Super Mario Brothers. Yeah! And then I finally brought uh, Bill Goldberg and Santa Slay. Well, to give you, to, to lead you up, mine's in the vein of Bill Goldberg's Santa Slay, because I'm suggesting the 1964 classic Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Colorized or black and white? Uh, we can watch the colored one, that's fine. I think Does it doesn't matter, it's the same thing. Not really, no, it does make a difference. Okay, uh, alright, oh boy. The colored one's better, but like... Yeah, I think it kind of makes a difference. The pretty colors sometimes matter in that movie. Um, that's <laughs> like a step above Manos. I'll give you that. It's also, I think, a step above... I think it's a step above Plan 9 a little bit more. Plan 9's like got a lot of boring But it's still parts. so fucking weird still, and great. This one is very fucking weird. I do agree. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Sandboss conquers the Martians. Okay, Chris, did you have any suggestions? I'm still deciding over the backlog. 
Okay. I'm there, there is there there is one other suggestion I could. You can't bring three all the time. You gotta pick no, one. No, no. Yeah, he still has to pick one at the end of the day, but he can still bounce ideas until he decides which one it is. Well, I'm pretty sure it's Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, but Alright, well let's see what the other one is and maybe I can make an argue for that if I think it's good. Hold okay. on. I'm trying to say if this is actually a real movie first. Off. Yeah, make sure all these are watchable. <laughs> no, no, Santa Claus Current Cruise of Martians is a real movie. I know that. No, but my, my hope was that Family Guy made the reference to Kiss Saves Christmas, and I was hoping that was a real movie because I got a lot to watch it. It's like, <laughs> I think it's shorter than the movie. I don't know if it's like necessarily 70 minutes. I think 70 minutes is what a full feature is. Um, no. So I, I'm going to bring to the table something from my favorite filmmaker of all time. That's right. The very first David Lynch movie that I can bring to this table to any of these wheels feels appropriate. You think we're ready? You think I'm it's ready? The 1980s space opera Dune. Dune's already on. No, sorry, Doom. Doom is already on this. You're saying Dune. Dune. Okay. Dune. Dune. Dune is interesting and bad, and those two things only. Okay. <laughs> Not. Mutually exclusive. I think uh, the last few minutes you start to realize what it was thinking it was gonna be, but everything before it, it like you're like, oh, that's interesting. You're like, ooh, this is bad. Oh, I love it, man. Oh my god, one of my favorite movies of all time. After it, but dude, I just would love to hear you guys tear it apart. I would love to. I want to tear it apart. But, like, he knows it's a bad movie. He would go on to make amazing movies after it. So, like, he just was It's – and also, it's like, it's, it was the thing that they, they were going to give him Return of the Jedi, dude. And they were like, oh, you didn't get Return of the Jedi? Have Dune. Huh. Um... So I got Dune and Santa Claus con- Conquers the Martians. It's Santa uh, Conquers the Martians. Santa Conquers the Martians. Um, Plus until the second movie. Oh! Nobody? All right. Uh, you still have a second movie? No, I'm good. No, I'm thinking with Dune. Okay. I was going to say, um, Alex, remember that movie I showed you last week? <laughs> remember that movie I showed you last week? Yeah. Okay, yes. I wasn't going to say it because either you were going to say it or we were not going to do it for a bit. But yes, if you want to put that on the table and have that be your choice, I have no problem with that. And actually, I'm going to change my movie to, to the movie Freak. You know, wait, wait is- put Freak on the back, Freak on the backlog for me. Okay, got it. And I still stick with Dune. And then, uh, yes, I agree. I agree with your decision. Yes. We'll, t- we'll tell you, Zach, what happened. Freaked. Yeah, I won't go into what it is, but um, if I, I'm going to stick with Dune this time because I think it would be a good time. Uh, that was a blast watching. Uh, so the movie I was thinking initially was uh, just another romantic wrestling comedy. <laughs> God, more wrestling every day, isn't it? <laughs> okay, Dude, exactly. you don't know. You don't know, okay? okay you exactly, don't know. That is, a very, that is exactly what I thought. Exactly what I thought. Like, what what can Chris bring to the table in a wrestling way other than ready to rumble that's really going to get me? 
maybe beyond the mat for like good movies. Like I don't know yet. And then he showed me this, and I was like, just just based off that title, I was like, okay, whatever. And then, oh my god, dude, it's such a good choice for this wheel. I have got to tell you how good of a choice it is for this wheel. <laughs> take, take on my word for it. You don't trust me at all. Trust Alex, okay? I am telling trust you either that. of you. <laughs> so Zach, remember, remember, my dad really, ago, my I, really into wrestling, <laughs> and he like actually did stuff with like like big time wrestlers. So this has been like the better part of watching terrible wrestling movies or good ones. You so, have not seen this. I'm not saying that, <laughs> that is seen this. I'm just saying in general. I get what you're saying. That's the thing. I knew. I know where you are right now, mentally, dude. I get it. But remember when I remember. Everyone sent you a message a while ago about like watching movies a certain way, and you were like, "This is what I was basically talking about." After you hung up yesterday, Chris and I talked for a while, and he told me about this movie. It's it, we watched it, and we both found a way to watch it, and then we both sat down and we watched it over the phone. And dude, this movie was insane. You have to watch it. You have to watch this movie, man. I have to hear your thoughts on this movie. It's so good, bad. I was like, "Whoa, man." Whoa, man. I was insane. I loved it. And um, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it as a good bad dude. It is up there. And some very good experiences. Like, it was a ride. It was a good ride. Um, I think that's what I'm going to bring to the table. I really want to take something from the backlog, though, because it's piling up. I want to I wanna at least take something from it um so i say so i'm gonna say we've already got two on there and i don't want to start i don't want it to become the good wheel when it was first incarnated where there was like four animated movies on there i don't want to unbalance everything um so i'm gonna so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna table it i'm gonna set i set it aside for now I'm going to bring it back later. Wait, us deciding which one to replace? And then I'm going to go with Robin Hood 2018. Okay. Mostly because I want to see how they handle... The thing you've share, done. Share, yeah, that thing. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think it's going to be like brushed over and you're going to night deep. Either way, it's, it's insane. It's ridiculous. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair it's like you you don't introduce something like that and brush it away on the other hand you don't bring that up at all like why would you do that why would you call that's, it action? that's the thing i'm worried that that's all you're going to be able to say about it god well regardless if that's the one you want to go for so then it's martians I'll Dune, I'm gonna... and... all right let's get this wheel set up here um Make it the tap wheel. Hold on. Okay, so it's Santa Conquers the Martians. Um, really um, economic title. Uh, let's see. Efficient, I should say. It, it lets you know what kind of movie you're going to watch for sure. Okay. That's um, a good one, Zach. Dune. This would be in time for um, Denis Villeneuve's version. I hope so. 
Um, it's the only thing I know about Dune. I've never read the books. It was the only thing I watched, and I was like, this is so dumb. Dune, <laughs> in terms great. of novels, is actually considered the sci-fi equivalent to Lord of the Rings. It's really, really good. I've only heard good things about the books. But like, the book is very, very, good. very good. All right, I Zach, can you see me? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. So we got Dune to replace any what comes up on the good wheel on the bad wheel. Sorry. Oh God. Um, Dune, Robin Hood, twenty eighteen, or Santa Conquers the Martians, which is such a Zach movie to bring up. It sounds like. Hey, <laughs> it's a good one. No, it's a classic bad movie. Okay, here we go. Spinning now. Sounds. And it's Dune. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> you guys are gonna hate this. I, I already hate it. <laughs> You're not changing anything about my opinion on that one. I, lo- I love the idea of watching a movie of my favorite director and all three of us just like ripping ass on it because you guys are <laughs> because you guys would not be ready for. I don't know what other one I would want to bring to the table. There's one that he's done that's too cheesy, and then everything else is just like, <sighs> oh, like I showed you a scene from one of his movies. So like, yep, that was trippy. Um, like, amazing, like I think maybe, dude. If I if I brought Blue Velvet to the Curiosity Wheel, I don't know what you would think, Chris. I think you would. I, I existential oh, crisis man. or complete emotional meltdown. Um, I emotional think, meltdown. I'm no, thinking. No, no, I think it's more. I think it would be more shocked. I think you would be interested. To a certain point, you'd be like, "This movie's kind of weird," and then a certain point would happen, and that's the point where you have have to ask yourself is this too far has this movie gone too far has it pushed my ideas and bound to taste but also i think there's a genuine like oh blue velvet you were talking about this okay yeah okay that, that would be a... basically but like this is like good all right real... let's get going i gotta go to bed soon all like, right like okay so yeah dune so dune it on the bad wheel as it stands right now the yes. last airbender oh god <laughs> the watcher Ew. Oh my god. Your weekly reminder that the Star Wars holiday special is on here. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let me get my lucky clovers and my, all my lucky good Every drugs. enchantment you can conjure. Uh, I hope it senses my birthday. I get, I'm sending I get my, my June flowers. <laughs> Happy birthday. I'm uh, on the next holiday week, special. Next week. Oh, next week. Okay. Alright. Uh, the Wicker Man. Ew. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Doom. Ew. That's two O's Doom in and out. Master of Disguise. Or as oh I my. call it, Mitch McConnell the movie. That would be... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Alex. <laughs> Alex. Sorry, guys. Alex. Oh, but I do not like that guy. <laughs> Alex. Yep. Riccio yeah. is on here. Riccio is on here. But like it, but that may not be my choice. But it would be nice if it was Riccio. Um, I don't think it's Alex, a bad. But Alex, I think it's like, what the fuck? Alex, Riccio, no. Alex, yeah. I'll love into the holiday special. I swear to God. <laughs> that is. I mean, I'm I pretty sure. Point, now, don't make I'm pretty me sure. If you're, movie... you're, getting a, you're getting a vacation here, Zach, soon, and I'd like to pick it. I'd like to pick it around a time where we can actually easily schedule the meeting of all three of us to watch it. I mean, so I have weekends day. off now, hopefully. If, I'm pretty sure at this point, if it lands on a movie that 
is that that's either not the holiday special or something that Zach did not pick to be on this wheel. We will get stabbed. <laughs> like if it lands on North, Alex, you may not live much longer. <laughs> dude, I would only a lot. Dude, I'd watch North right now. I would watch North right now, right now. <laughs> All right, uh, that maybe right. North is on here. So okay, so we're continuing. North. Uh, North. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. Ew. Uh, Howard the Duck. Probably actually the best movie on this list, like, critically. I don't know. It certainly has a lot of money thrown at it. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Ugh. Oh, that would be so much fun. It would totally fit the, like, spring atmosphere. Oh, it'd be great. Um, the Cat in the Hat, Mike Myers. Ugh. That yes. would be crazy, guys. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that movie is, like, like drug-inducing. I've watched it. I've watched it recently. It's, like... Not it's not a good time. No. Um, rollerball. Nope. Rollerball's great. Uh, and love on a leash. Yeah. Love on a leash. Oh my god, guys! I totally watched a good bad movie and I didn't even bring it to the table. And I'm gonna have to wait a long time to do it. That sucks. Oh, you're gonna hate. Yeah, oh god. That's why I love we're doing this. Because after so, because in two weeks we're spinning the series wheel again. I thought of three good movies. Damn it! All right. Okay. Good. Right. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, you ready? Oh, I'm nervous. North or Riccio? North or Riccio? I, I, I hate you, Alex. I'm going to step right now. I want the last airbender, obviously. Get out of my tree. Chris's tree. Get out of the tree. Alex, all that love to the holiday special, that's all I need. It's a really uh, tiny fork you're I'm skipping. Anxious. I'm really getting anxious. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Chris, you just gotta accept that. It- oh, god damn it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie we are reviewing on the Meister Movie Podcast Ricky! Oh! God damn it. Oh my god. 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 Okay, Chris, here's the deal. It's pretty super cool. I gotta save the things on YouTube. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So. First of all, uh, ahead of time, I apologize. But second okay. of all, it's just because I have a gross it is. Second of all, I do think this movie is actually really fun. But, oh my god, Chris! Chris! <laughs> we just, oh my gosh. We just go from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind to Ricky Yo. <laughs> Ricky. Oh, I gotta find it. Okay, please tell me you can find it, because I do not want to spin this thing again. Ricky-O, the story of Ricky. Ricky-O, the story of Ricky. That's what it's called. There's a bunk of it. It's not spelling Ricky-O right. I gotta spell it out. I gotta spell it out, guys. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. Do you have Tubi? investigation um, um please disable your ad blocker to watch this movie okay so i have to disable ad block to do it but i think i i mean i have to I've, oh don't tell me i have to sign in to watch this i'm gonna be mad you may be able to just use free stuff because i've been able to do that for other people's tvs because they don't have to be accounts by other people, I mean people I break I have access to Riccio. 
Okie doke. Okay, so it's on Tubi for free. All right. Let me just bookmark this. What am I doing? Um, oh, my gosh. I'll, I'd watch it tonight, man. I want to watch tonight. It's an hour. Okay, it's only 90 minutes. So that's a, that's a saving grace. But, yeah, there you go, everybody. We're doing Riccio next week. We are doing Riccio, the story of Ricky. It's going to be super gross. Zach, please take time to try and find him watch this. Oh, he left? He left. Wow. You know what? That's so Zach. He literally, literally, that's what you brought up. He may be on way on your, he may be on his way to your house right now with a butcher's knife or something. You better get ready. Still trying to find Riccio. Story of Ricky. On your library? No, on YouTube. On I YouTube. Swear. Like just even rent. It's not it's not on YouTube to rent. That is crazy. We landed on one you put on there. <laughs> when was the last time we did a bad movie that you brought up? Like Um I don't know, man. I really don't. Go through the episodes list. I honestly don't think this one's not bad. I think it's just gross and cheap looking, and it's but fun and brutal, brutal, dude. Okay. Ready to rumble was me. We have to go back before Mission Impossible. Uh, uh, Troll Two was you or Zach? Me. No, okay, you know, so, it was probably. Okay, so I'll keep going. That was back in July, by the way. Hmm. Wow. Z- uh, Plan 9 was Zach. Assassin's Creed was Zach. Last Action Hero was you. Yes. Okay, that was back in January. <laughs> no, Dang, 20- a whole year. Yeah. Wow, Ricky O, the story of Ricky, coming back for the swing in 2020. We've been doing this for a long time. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Ricky O, the story of Ricky. <laughs> Guys, this is okay. Okay. It's just you and me, man. <laughs> I know, but like, People listening. It's crazy. This movie's crazy. This movie is rather insane. That I can tell. It's gross. It, and for all of you who don't it. know what this is, it's the GIF. It's the movie where from the GIF of the guy punching a giant hole in the wall in a prison. Yeah. And he's letting everybody out. Oh, it's so much more, more than that. And it is it's that moment that gif is from this movie and it's so much weirder i've seen that clip of a guy being strangled with his own intestines um yeah so much more than that there we go i think i found it uh oh yeah media blasters what a company name that's what it says at the beginning of mine too it's blast media in your face <laughs> um, 
So I think I know what my intro song is going to be next week. What? Um, uh, you'll find out. Yo, the story of Ricky. He fights people, rips out their intestines. He's worried about his friend who's murdered in a horrific way. He's going to nope. turn into a monster Not and hit for blood everywhere when they fight as giant foam monsters and they look real that cheap. Cause definitely not it. Ricky O is cheap. Ricky O is cheap. Super gross and super cheap. That is definitely not it. <laughs> I'll add some music. Okay. Lazy well, bum. I think I know which one I'm going to do, depending on how I react. You do. You'll find out. Wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? You'll I, find wait. out. So, do you have one song or two, two songs? I have one. I have one song. Okay. Is it, is it a Linkin Park song? No. Is it a song from a wrestler? No. Is it a is it a rapish song? Complete opposite end. Is it polka? No. <laughs> the complete opposite end of rap that I Okay, can bring think. it back. <laughs> okay, bring it back. All right. Uh, um, is it like hard rock from the last decade? No. Is it from the last decade? No. Is it from the two two decades before? It's from the 90s. Yes. Very is, obscure. Is Not it, a lot of people have heard it, except a very specific pe- amount of people. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage? No. Yeah. And, um, I will tell you when we get off the air. Is it Beck Loser Baby? No, it's not. I'll tell you when we get off the air. Anyway, so, everybody. Riccio. Riccio. <laughs> the story I'm of Blue Riccio. Barbie Girl? No. In the Barbie world? No. <laughs> um... Mark. Okay, so, Ricky of the story of Ricky. If you thought our review of Rambo was violent. Oh, wow, yes, that's very true. Very true. You thought, well, here's the thing. There's like, nope, I'm going to say the violence in Rambo is just as abrasive as the violence here, but you get, you get used to it by the end when things get just like so ridiculous that it's goofy. But like okay. it never leaves it never leaves you some of these moments. Right. Ernest. Uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just as violent. They're equally as violent. I'm interested to see your reaction. Your reaction's gonna be the most fun because I've seen this. I have seen it in a bit, but like you like we this is like hardcore Henry. This is way more like hardcore Henry in terms of like how many people he has to murder. But yeah, it's way more. It's way more gross. Does he crush a man's gross. balls and stick a police baton down his throat? I'm pretty sure somebody gets ball stuff, but like, I'm pretty sure like someone gets like their spine ripped out or just like I don't know, dude. Just like gross stuff, man. It's great. I love it. You're gonna love it. All right. So there you go, everybody. From Eternal, we've gone on a journey. I know I said this last week. We went. You gotta from get these out, man. We're behind. Die Hard. Yeah, I know. Die Hard. We went through the entirety of Die Hard, ending on Live uh, a Good Day to Die Hard. We went from there to the Maltese Falcon. Yep, I remember that. To. It was Freddy Got Fingered. Freddy Got Fingered. Oh my God. Um, To. After that, we did Hardcore Henry. Then we yep. came to 
the uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and now we're going to Riccio. What is going to happen on the good wheel? <laughs> Can we get something normal, please? Uh, I hope so. We just keep bouncing back and forth between violent and... and um, bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. I love it. Violent right. and good. Crazy. Yeah. All right. So there you go, everybody. So we'll be back next time with Ricky of the Story and Frankie. Say goodbye, Alex. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, five pink days later. Wow. That really just came out of nowhere. I don't know how to end this. Um, Mr. Blue. Fair. Still going? Yeah, we're still going. Okay. Now I'm going to stop.